Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. Hosted and produced by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden, the Well Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can check it out right now and subscribe at thewellendowedpodcast.com. We're back. Coming off... A long weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's not a, a stat holiday everywhere, but... Uh, it was a stat holiday here, and we took it. Yeah, we did. Uh, Heritage Day in Alberta, uh, or as we frequently call it, International Meat on a Stick Day. <laughs> okay, so Edmonton throws a big heritage festival over the Heritage Day long weekend, and it takes over almost the entirety of Horlack Park. Which is a big park Which in is, like, the biggest park in the city. It's huge. It's, like... I don't even know how many acres of land it is. Great big park. And it's just tents all around the various edges and into the middle. And one time there was one, there was a pavilion floating on the teeny little lake. Yep. And it's everybody's heritage. Yeah. Every every local cultural association gets a tent. And usually there's like a little show or a museum or something. There's like demonstrations. There's vendor stalls. Yeah. Mostly there's food. Oh yeah. There's tons of food. And you you would go and you'd get your like food tickets and then you'd go and exchange them for crepes at the French pavilion or okonomiyaki at the Japanese pavilion exactly. or, or whatever. But mostly you'd be changing it for meat on a stick. Well, because these people are cooking in makeshift kitchens. Yes. Right? In a park. Mass cooking for yeah, the amount of people exactly. who are coming. So lots and lots of food comes on sticks. Yes. Mostly meat. Meat on a stick. And as everyone knows, meat is better when it's... Cooked and served on a stick. <laughs> so, jokingly, we have started to call it International Meat on a Stick Day. Yes. Um, now, we did not attend the Heritage Festival this year. Not um, this year. Uh, the last several years, obviously, with gestures wildly at the world, going to a park with a million people in it at once. Yes. Not a great idea. That's the other thing. It's this enormous park with hundreds of tents and thousands upon thousands of people. So we we have not attended the last several years. But uh, as it happened, we had some friends over, just a couple that we're friends with, to have a little barbecue in our backyards. We hadn't seen them in a while. We've been trying to get something together. Yeah, with our them. schedules just weren't lining up. And they brought kebabs. So we ended up having <laughs> meat, on, meat a on a stick. It was very appropriate. <laughs> Perfectly on point. And Could was... not have planned it better. And it was not on purpose. No, it was not on purpose. Totally by accident. <laughs> we had meat on a stick. On meat on a stick day. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty great. Yeah. So that's what's going on with us over the long weekend. Yeah. How are Ho- how are you guys doing out there? Yeah. Hopefully Anything everybody new? else is doing well as we move into the month of August and uh move closer and closer to the end of this novel. Yeah. Yeah. I uh without reading anything, right? So no spoilers, I flipped through to see how many chapters were left. And the chapters are getting shorter. So we're gonna blow through the end of this book. Real quick. Well, not really, because every chapter is still a week. (laughs) Same number of weeks, but like, if you were to sit down and read everything from here forward, 
right? It'll be fast. We famously have an episode that was 20 plus minutes about <laughs> a two word chapter. So we can fill the time. Yeah, it's, fine. it's true. <laughs> Don't but, worry. We have lots of talking. Uh, I suppose with that said, we should get into the talking. So a brief recap of our previous chapter, chapter 17, in which a new plan was hatched to go and escape. Yeah, it's it's an escape plan. Yeah, no longer merely a survival plan, but an escape plan. And Morvin did not care for this plan. Yes, but did not voice so much his not care for this plan. Indeed. Which puts Reyna on edge. And that is exactly where Reyna remains as we move into chapter 18 of Screams from the Void by Anne Tibbets. So this chapter begins with another flashback, uh, this one to 12 months ago. Yes. And it deals with the night that Reyna first found out. Night, in quotations. The, Is there the, really a night or day the, on a the ship? The time, uh, I guess. When Reyna first found out that Morvin's father had died. Yes. Um, she had bailed on him because she's starting to fall out of the relationship with him at this point because he's clingy and... His needy and... and needy and his ego needs constant stroking. Basically, the red flags have been popping for her for a while yeah. and she's starting to see the writing on the wall. Terrifyingly aggressive. Um, and he's angry because she basically skipped out on spending time with him that evening because she decided that she wanted to go and do something else. Here's the thing that gets me about this. Before I even made it into the rest of the chapter, he was assuming that she was going to spend all of her free time with him because that had been, like, the routine they had fallen into. But they had no specific plans, no. so she went and did something else. Yeah, she went and had dinner with some of their other crewmates. That was it. It was perfectly innocent, and he was super upset. And she's like, why didn't you just call me? Come find me. Like, instead of just being here being mad, maybe behave like a human being? Or more specifically, like a grown-up. Like a grown-up? And, and Morvin then... then, like, drops the bombshell, my dad has died. And she's, she immediately switches to, oh my god, I'm so sorry, what happened? Things go poorly from there. Suffice to say, I found it interesting that he used the revelation of his dad dying as emotional blackmail. On yes, her. it was absolutely a horrible manipulation tactic. Ugh, he's the worst. It totally read as emotional blackmail to me. Yeah. At this point, I don't want him to die, because he deserves something worse than death. He's awful. We haven't even gotten into the worst of what he's done this chapter. Ugh. Everything he does is horrible. Yeah. We uh, cut back to the present, and we are basically just making a beeline for the escape pod. Yeah. So we're down to a crew of four. Yes. Or a group of four, I suppose. Reyna is, as previously mentioned, on edge, because she's surprised that Morvin is keeping quiet about what's going on, because she can tell he's upset that this is what's happening, but he's not voicing it so he's just simmering and that to her is bad but there's nothing she can do to defuse it in this moment because they're in danger yes and they need to get away they are basically running for their lives not literally they're walking for their lives but they're in real very scary danger and no one else is going to notice his moods because no one else notices him the way she does yeah no one knows him the way she because does. he gets a pass from everyone else Ugh. except for pollux thank god anyway so yeah, so she is just off-put. She knows something's wrong. She can't put her finger on it. And there is this more pressing matter of uh, danger. 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that she doesn't have the time to stop and recognize the giant flashing red warning signs. <laughs> right? The enormous red flags. They make their way back to where they had previously encountered Gala's dead body. And rounding the corner, they discover two more corpses. Uh, previously, they had not accounted for Osric and Valda, and now we can. And unfortunately, that means that we can also now confirm that Valda is dead. Yeah. Because we have now seen the body. There you go. Kill count confirmed. Unfortunately, Valda didn't make it. Everybody takes a beat, and then Morvin just kind of like steps over everything and is just like, you, you might as well just make it through. It, like It's true. Like, A, there's no other way around. Yeah. They need to go this way to get to the escape pod. They, they're certainly not going to have time to clean it up. Yes, it's horrible, and I hate to agree with Morvin, but he's right. You just kind of have to close your eyes and go yeah, at this juncture. Yeah, you just got to, like, <laughs> hold your nose and jump kind of thing, right? You just got to, we just got to get past these guys and keep going. Uh, the group does kind of slink past, and to Raina's credit, she has enough compassion and humanity in her that even seeing Osric dead in this moment, she feels a pang of guilt about it. She feels bad for the guy. She's like, I may have hated him. He did not deserve to be torn to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> to shreds, by, you say. By an alien monster. It's, um, it's true. He may be a terrible person. He maybe didn't deserve a horrible, gruesome death. Yeah. They round the corner towards the escape pod, and wouldn't you know it, somebody's waiting for them. My goodness. Because the Kepler made it there first. Yeah. And they were so busy checking the walls and the vents to where it was likely going to be, they practically stepped on it. <laughs> it was right in front of them on the floor. Ah. Now, this moment to me confirms that the Kepler is not stupid. Oh, goodness, no. It made its way to the escape pod to cut them off. Yeah. Did it hear them talking about going to the escape pod? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Did it understand them talking about going to the escape pod? Possibly. It's smarter than the average bear. Yes. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, oh yeah. 100% confirmed now Yeah, to me. that this is like problem-solving intelligence. Yes. Yeah. And the problem is they're going to try to get off this ship and I'm going to stop them. Yeah. Like so far that really tracks. Okay, so we always knew that there was a connection between the weird, gross, itchy slime mm -hmm. and the Kepler. And the connection for me is reinforced. I still don't understand it though. Because it's she's describing this Kepler wounded as it is, mm -hmm. right? That it's got this thin layer of slime over the stump of its arm, right? Yeah, it's, Where it's like scabbed over somehow. Yeah, but the way she described it, it sounded an awful lot like the pod slime. Oh, I picked that up too, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Like, yes, we know they're connected because they came, the slime came from the pod and the Kepler came from the pod. Mm -hmm. But what does the slime do? We don't know. <laughs> we, we know very little about this thing's biology. Nobody's had a chance to study it. It's like a weird alien protective coating, sort of, I don't know. We may never get to that. It may be a minor detail that doesn't matter. But it's a thing I noticed. What we do know is that it is now a clear and immediate danger yeah. to the four remaining survivors. So the tactic here is scream and scatter. <laughs> Which is not a terrible plan, No, honestly. it isn't, because there's only one of it. And so if it chases one of the four people who have scattered, the other three can gang up on it. Yes. In theory. In theory. The reason this doesn't work is because it's not, in fact, four against one. It is three against two. Yeah. So Reyna, in her, like, mad panic, happens to land at the escape pod. Yeah. Like, that's she, just the direction she happened to yeah, leap. Yeah, she, she leaps out of the way and basically lands underneath the control panel. She goes to activate the control panel because she's like, oh, I can get the escape pod started while the others are holding off the Kepler. Yeah, because she realizes where she is. Yeah, but she doesn't have the passcode, and Niall dies pretty much instantly. So she's like, great, now I don't have the passcode, because he was the only officer left. 
So she decides she's going to jury rig it and pulls out a tool and then her tool gets macheted. Yeah. And who's holding the machete? Well, not anymore, but it was Morvan. But she also turns around and the Kepler is right behind her. Yeah, at first she actually thinks that the Kepler might have been the thing that slashed at her. But in fact, Morvan was the one who was destroying the escape pod controls. Deliberately. On purpose. Uh, also, Niall was not killed by the Kepler. No. Niall was macheted in the neck by Morvan. Which is awful. And Tamsin sees it happen. And she immediately just starts like screaming bloody murder, essentially. But she's so panicked that she's not immediately making sense. And Reyna isn't picking up what she's laying down at first. She's just screaming like, he killed him, he killed him. And she thinks she's talking about the alien having killed yeah. Niall. Which we also know isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> they manage to scare the Kepler off again. But... Tamsin doesn't calm down, and slowly Reyna begins to realize she's not talking about the Kepler, she's talking about Morvin. Morvin killed Nile, and the evidence is all there. The single slash mark in his neck, the fact that Morvin's got red blood on his machete, yep. not purple, purple blood. blood, and she immediately links that to the fact that he targeted the control panel so that they couldn't escape. Yeah. At that moment, she's like confused because she's like, I know him. He's not capable of this. And then her very next thought is, but he is capable of this. And I've known it all along. Yeah. And I've been fooling myself otherwise. Right? Maybe? Reyna basically confronts him about this and is like, "What? essentially, what have you done? And Morvin, still in his anger, goes to swipe at her and Tamsin saves her life. And jumps in the way, basically. Yeah. Knocks useless, her down. Useless Tamsin, who's like so racked with fear and trauma that she can't move, basically leaps in the way to push Randa down and takes a machete in the back for it. And takes a machete in the back for it. What? That leaves Reyna by herself with Morvin, who's basically winding up for another attack. So she shatters his knee. And runs. And runs and locks herself in basically the mechanics compartment. And then immediately is like, I'm doomed. I can't seal up the air vents because I will suffocate, which means that the Kepler can get in and I can't leave through the door because Morvin is outside. And he will kill me. And both of them are going to try to kill me. And then she hits upon a plan, but the plan is a mystery. <laughs> she sees some wires and realizes immediately what she needs to do. And that's as far as we get. We get a little cliffhanger. Yeah. Now, this is the point where I'm going to say, remember last episode where I said that this was going to happen? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you can see the trajectory that a narrative is taking. <laughs> and what happens is not a surprise, but is still very exciting to read. Yes. And this is basically what I said was going to happen. Morvin was going to do something that was going to get Niall and Tamsin killed. It was going to be him and Reyna. Now, I then said that he was, she was going to get cornered and Pollux was going to save her. All I'm going to say right now is that she is cornered and Pollux is still unaccounted for. <laughs> I know. I Deep down, I want Pollux to come in and save the day. I really do. Or help save the day. Yeah, or help save the day. I genuinely, truly hope that she is not dead. There is, there is something to be said about the fact that Reyna needs to overcome more of it. Like in every possible sense of that word. Oh, yes. So it is kind of on her to do it from a from a character arc perspective. But yes, Pollux should be there to help. Assuming that Pollux is still alive. Assuming that Pollux is still alive. And I think, deep down, I think she is. Okay. So, so many questions. Do we think that maybe Morvan was pushed over the edge and lost it and became a crazy killer because of his crazy slime rash? Oh, that's definitely not helping. But it's not an excuse. No, no, I'm Pollux not saying... Pollux didn't it's... start killing people. No, I know. 
No, no, no. (laughs) Clearly Morvan had killer in him somewhere, but I wonder if this didn't just push him over that edge. I think that there's a lot of things that pushed him over the edge. And definitely being covered in itch is probably one of those things. Right. But also like being humiliated. Yeah. I mean, he was already a person with a very sensitive ego. He nearly beat Raina to death once already without an itch on him because his ego got bruised by her. Yep. Like there's there's a lot of things that were pushing him towards the edge. And I mean, he he had already attempted murder twice in this book and seriously considered it a third time. That's true. So the way he is behaving, though, I can't tell if this is all calculated or if he's lost it and is like crazy killing people. This was opportunistic. If it was calculated he might have done something to Niall or Tamsin earlier, or he might have waited for a better time to do something, especially to Niall. I don't think that he necessarily intended to kill Tamsin. He definitely intended to kill Niall. And he took the opportunity of the Kepler attack to do it because mm. he thought it would cover his tracks, but he got spotted and there was evidence there. It was sloppy. It was a sloppy opportunistic kill. Yeah. And then he, again, used the attacking Kepler as an excuse to destroy the escape pod so that they can't escape. So... If this is opportunistic, if this is of of mostly sound mind, what is in it for him? To be the hero. He's convinced. He's not going to be the hero. He's going to be dead. He's convinced he can kill the Kepler, and he's determined to not die a coward's death like his dad. I suppose his logic in his mind makes sense. Oh, yeah. But that logic in my mind does not make sense. No, it doesn't. Kepler has taken on absolutely everyone else in front of him and taken them down. Him killing the other survivors... Great, it makes him a hero of a bunch of dead people, and he'll be the last body on board. Congratulations. And then when the rescue ship shows up, because they did send the distress signal, he can say, I'm the only one who survived, and I killed the monster. Aren't I a great hero? He can spin the tail however he wants, and that is absolutely, 100%, in tune with everything else that has happened with him. He gets the final say, and he gets the pass, because he's Morvan, and he is white male privilege incarnate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> With reader's information that I have, if Morvin's the last one standing, Morvin is going down. I mean, Morvin, I don't, I sincerely do not believe that Morvin can kill this thing. I, he, agree I with think you. he thinks he can. Oh, 100% he thinks he can. I agree with you. I don't think he can. I think it's going to kill him. Here's my question for you Who's the last boss of this book? I genuinely don't know. Because it's either going to be the Kepler or Morvin. Oh, yeah, obviously. But I don't know if the Kepler's going to take out Morvin. And, and then Reyna's fine, question mark? Okay, Reyna's currently our only living protagonist, so she either has to take out one or both of them, or maybe let them take out each other, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I agree with you that I don't think Morvin has what it takes to kill the Kepler, especially now that he's got a broken knee. Um, oh, he doesn't. I know he thinks he does, and he does not. So I will say that on the one hand, there is some narrative satisfaction to Reyna taking out Morvin. Because that is, again, her overcoming Morvan. But at the same time, the Kepler killing Morvan would be the culmination of his hubris, right? Yeah. It would be him having scuttled every plan up to this point in an effort to prove that he can be the hero and he can kill the thing and then to fail and to fail spectacularly. That is all of his chickens coming home to roost right there. So I don't know which one is more satisfying necessarily. Me neither. And Morvan killing the Kepler... I mean, that's a win for him, and I don't want him to get a win, right? (laughs) That's the last thing he deserves. So my feeling is that Morvan is the next one to go. 
and then the Kepler is the final boss. But so, that's that's my feeling, but I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure either. Also, Morvan should have no redemption arc. Oh, God, no. Like, he should not sacrifice himself so that Pollux and Reyna can get away. He deserves none of that. No, absolutely not. He does. He should not get to be a hero, even for a second, no. even in his own mind. No. In not the e end. No, not even a little Otherwise, bit. it's a win for him. Yeah, and that is horrible and painful, and I don't like it. Now, is that what's going to happen in the book? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't read the end. But that's my personal feeling. Yeah. <sighs> Osric deserved more of a win than Morvan does. <laughs> And to be fair, Osric did get a win in the end. He went down swinging on that thing. He did and go I will down give, swinging. And I will give Osric that. He went down swinging on that He monster. He does get points for going down swinging. I don't think those are redemption, full redemption points. No. Because he was still a jerk. He was still a jerk. But even in this chapter, as Reyna steps over his tattered remains, <laughs> she does think to herself, that poor guy didn't deserve that. Not quite. I don't think she would say the same about Morvan stepping over his corpse at this point. Not at this point. No. Now that Morvan has killed, killed Niall and Tamsin. In front of her, basically. Yeah. And straight up attempted to machete her as well. Yeah. Was he aiming at Reyna? Oh, for or sure. Or was he aiming at the escape pod? Oh, no. he was. I think he was aiming at the escape pod. Again, this is opportunistic. He didn't want Reyna gone. I don't even think he wanted Tamsin gone. He just needed Niall out of the way so he could be in command again, and the escape pod out of the way so they couldn't run away. So they had to fight the monster. But then... Tamsin leapt in the way of him trying to slash at Reyna. Yeah, because at that point she had turned against him. It's perfectly logical. Yeah, I guess. The attack on Reyna came after she was faced with incontrovertible evidence that he had murdered Niall. And at that moment he went, oh, now you're against me. And now I need to get you out of the way too. And I mean, this is how the next chapter is going to happen with... Reyna, at the very least. Morvan's going to crawl to the door and start trying to emotionally manipulate her again. Oh, it was all a misunderstanding. Oh, I love you. Oh, do, like, or, like... Or the you... rage monster is going to come out and he's going to start, like, demanding things, trying to get in, banging at the door. That'll happen after he tries to emotionally manipulate her. Probably. Yeah. Because, again, this is his M.O. He attacks her and then he gaslights her. Yeah. Because he is horrible! Yeah. So, I mean, that's... Oh, I hate him so much. That's what's going to happen. Gah. We know Morvan well enough at this point that I can make that educated guess. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I still hate it and he's still terrible. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens as we move into the next chapter. My guess is an electrocution of some kind. I was also thinking that that might be the case. I don't think that Reyna can effectively electrocute the Kepler because it's already proven to be pretty resistant to energy weapons. Yeah. But she can definitely electrocute Morvan. Oh, yeah. She can slow him right down. Oh, yeah. We'll see. So that was also my thought. Uh, what she might be thinking yeah, about. Yeah, she was talking about the little electrical coil yeah. that she's got. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think zapping is I think zapping is in order. But uh, will it be in the next chapter? Who knows? We'll I hope so. We'll have to wait so. and see. I am uh, excited to keep going. You'll want to read up on chapter 19 in time for next week. In the meantime, you know, I don't know if there are any sort of benefits that would cover being purposefully macheted by your coworker in your workspace. So... That's something you might want to look at, uh, but if you're a small business and you're looking for the kind of coverage that could protect your workers from being on purpose macheted by a coworker <laughs> in their workspace, you could check out Alberta Blue Cross. <laughs> on purpose macheted? 
This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you are calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage online, anytime, on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Alberta Blue Cross. Look after your people, people. Yeah, we've been uh, doing a lot of ads for them lately. It's oddly appropriate considering what this space crew is going through. Lots of workplace hazards and uh, definitely a couple OSHA investigations <laughs> going to be coming out of this. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, of course, check out uh, more about the Alberta Blue Cross and about all of our other sponsors by checking them out through our website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. While you're there, you can find all of the other great member podcasts of the network, many of them award-nominated, some award-winning. You can find them on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, that's probably where you're catching our pod. Could give us a little rating and a review. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. Yeah, we uh, changed our distribution uh, system. And uh, we are now signed up for a number of other podcatchers as well. So uh, if you've been listening to us on a crappy podcatcher and you much prefer a different one, you might be able to find us on one of those now. So you can search for us there. Feel free to look. You can also get a hold of us via social media. Yes, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. Because we're bookish. We are at the read along on most of those. You can also give us an email. Yes, we are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Go eat some meat on a stick. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. 